Hi, I'm Levi Coons, and welcome to the Hunting Game Podcast. If you're anything like me, you live for the outdoors all year round. Join us as we discuss hunting, fishing, shooting, and really anything outdoors. It's definitely going to be a good time. Sit back and get ready, because here we go. Hello, and welcome back to the Hunting Game Podcast. Today, I brought in a guest, my brother-in-law, Connor, sitting over here at the other end of the table, so we're excited to have him. We're going to cover a lot of stuff today. Um, As promised, I do have a special guest this week. However, the co-host, Jake, um, once again, is not here. He's got a lot going on right now, getting ready to get a new house, and it is what it is. So we've got a special guest in here today. We're going to cover some some really good stuff. We uh, we did fish a tournament last weekend. Had a good time. Had a blast. We didn't necessarily do that great, but we had a good time doing it. Am I right? Oh, it was a blast. <laughs> All right. Well, Connor, why don't we start off? Just go ahead and introduce yourself. Just tell us who you are, and uh, <clears throat> why don't you tell us tell us how we met? Before I met your sister, I met him first. How about that? <laughs> well, <clears throat> where did it begin? Where did it begin? I guess it was when Jake took you fishing. I don't know what. How, was it four years ago, probably? Yeah, his uh, Levi's brother Jake took me fishing about four years ago. I went into the place he worked. It's called Hunting Creek Tackle, and then we went in there, and I really wanted someone to go fishing and hunting with. I didn't know anyone at the time, so I went in there and uh, I asked him, "Hey, I said, hey, could you take me fishing?" He said, "Sure." He's a good old boy. So I went out there fishing with him. We started fishing. Got winter time. We started hunting, and uh, I started hanging around Levi's barn over there, and that's where I met him. And then where it really came in is uh, he he let it slip that he had a sister about my age. So I, I was like, I did do that. Hey, I'm a single man, <clears throat> which that's not how it happened. Connor actually, he told me it wasn't a good idea. Yeah, I said. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. He was just, you know, being that protective little brother. But hey, fast forward a few months, I had to go over there and do a little work, and uh, and the rest is history. Really, actually, I took Connor fishing one time. Another time it was a different time. We went down to a big lake, took the took the old nitro, went out, went fishing all day, and. Uh, we got back and I texted his mom and said, Hey, I'll just bring him home. It was a long drive. You dropped him off at six o'clock this morning. I'll run him home. No big deal. She said, All right. So I drove over there. We walk in and I was like, Oh my God. Who is that? He said, That's my sister. I was like, The uh, the same sister? Yeah. It wasn't long after that we just hit it off. So look at us now. Now we're brother in laws. I married his sister. We got kids. The rest is history. So, besides that, Connor, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of how you got into hunting and fishing and just how you got into all that stuff and how you got where you are. Well, let's start off with fishing. It's a funny story how I got into fishing. So, I went over to Florida to visit my grandpa, and uh, he had this little pond in his backyard. There was tons of fish in it, and uh, I wanted to catch these fish. But there was an alligator in his pond, 
funny story. So I'd go out there every day. I didn't know much about fishing, so I went out there with some worms and a hook, and I fished for hours and hours and hours. I'd move one side of the pond, the alligator would follow me. I'd go back to the other side of the pond and try to catch some fish. Alligator would follow me. Well, Surprised you didn't get hooked on gator fishing I right know. then and there. The opportunity presented itself. And the next day I went out there. I was sitting out there not for long. I finally caught one of these fish. I reeled it out of the water. And uh, what came behind it was that alligator running after it. I got this fish on the bank, and the alligator started chasing me with the fish and to my grandpa's front porch. And that's when it all started. That's when I thought fishing was the best thing in the world. Even when you're running from a gator. Can't beat that. What a story. How old were you then, you think? Oh, I was probably 13 years old. 13? Not too long ago. No. Hey, get you hooked, though. Oh, yeah. Once you get into it, man, there's no turning back. And I can confirm, he didn't just get into it a little bit. This dude lives and breathes it. And he's young. And he's homeschooled. I'm actually really jealous. I wasn't homeschooled. I had to go to school. I, you know, times when I'd be at school, Connor's like, hey, I, you know, I finished up my school by 9 o'clock this morning. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting in a classroom. I'm out there fishing. <laughs> yeah, well, it is what it is. He's going to be better than the rest of us because he's the one out there doing it. Here he is now, still living the dream. Oh, yeah. Out there day. all the time. I can't even. I want to just quit my job and go. Go fishing and hunting every day. That's the life right there. But, hey, at least somebody gets to do it. i got to watch him do it. That's fun, right? We do a lot of tournament fishing together. We actually started tournament fishing uh, last year. Last year, our first year tournament well, fishing? Yeah, yeah, last, yeah, year. last year. First year. Man, we smoked it out there. We just absolutely had a just a bang of a season. Oh, it was great. Was it? I mean, we brought in a limit multiple times. Five fish limit was something I didn't know was possible before. Especially that. in Indiana. Yeah, especially in the, Indiana's mud puddles. But, hey, we did it. We won some money last year and had a blast. Went down and fished Chickamauga for the uh, USA Bass and Championship. Any of you are familiar with that? Had a blast down there. Got absolutely obliterated by terrible weather and mechanical failure, but we had a good time. Oh, yeah, it was a great tournament we, to be a part of. We caught a lot of good fish, I mean, in practice. Not in, I mean, all we caught was a good catfish in, uh, in the actual tournament. But, hey, that is a monstrosity of a lake. Um, it is. It's, it's crazy. Not anything you, like here. You come from Indiana and go down there and see a lake like that, it would blow your mind. Here, I mean, we went one day, just going back to the ramp, we drove, oh, what was it, 45 minutes at wide open throttle. Yep. I kept looking over at the Humminbird like, all right, when are we going to get there? Because I, like I feel like we didn't drive this far. But, hey, we did. We just kept going. Finally, I saw, saw that cove we were in. Back we went. It was crazy. That was the craziest lake I've ever been on to this point. Which, speaking of catching things that aren't bass, Connor, won't you tell us a little bit about the uh, the hog you caught at the tournament on Saturday? Oh boy! Tell us the story. So, so I'll set the moment. We're out there. It got hot. The sun came out, and it was just smoking out there. We fished cove after cove after shoreline. I don't know. It was probably getting coming around noon. And uh, we came around on a spot, looked looked crazy good. Connor sets the hook, and I'll let him finish the story. 
So I was, I was throwing a white spinner bait. Hey, now don't tell too much. Don't tell right. too much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was out there throwing a white spinner bait, and uh, I chucked it out there, and uh, I got this bite. I set the hook. It started ripping some drag out on my bait casting reel, and I like my I like my drag pretty tight, so I knew it was a big one. So I started reeling it in, and it started getting close to the boat. It surfaced. I saw its head. All right, and I'm like, "This is it. This he is looks a 10 He we says, just got this tournament." He says, "We got a winner. Get the net. Hurry, get the net." I thought it was a 10 pounder, and then it rolled on its side, and I saw a orange stomach on it. I was like, let "My me, heart dropped." Let me tell it you was, something. If you ever seen a kid's heartbreak like his. It was real. It was powerful. That boy about melted into the seat, which I felt it. It was, <laughs> I was just as excited as he was. I can't doubt that. It was, uh, man, and it did not fight like a carp. That bad boy fought no. like a bass. About 12 pounds. <laughs> it, was a, it was a hog of a carp. Actually, cleanest carp I've ever seen, really. It was a nice thing. It was really nice, but, uh, yeah, so... On, on the upside, though, it was like two casts later, Connor brought in our keeper, which nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. We weighed in like a two-pounder. Yep. And nothing special, Only but hey. One of the day. Guess what? We're going back to Chickamauga next year, so, which obviously, we know it now. We're going to go back there and just demolish that leg. Like all the other people. <laughs> uh, confidence is key, guys. Don't ever forget that. Confidence is key. But yeah. Tournament went all right. Like I said, we didn't. I mean, we brought in a fish. I'm good with that. I can't complain. We've we've had some rough ones this year. Not the best weather. We've come in with some <laughs> uh, less than prideful bags this year. I guess you could say. But it was hey, a tough year. Part of it. It was definitely a tough year. Yet last year was a was a freak year with COVID and everything else. This one was tough. We fought it tooth and nail all the way gave it our all but hey we never failed to get out there and we had a blast i don't care what anybody says if you're out there and you're not having a good time go home don't even show up it's it's that's what it's really about having a good time so yeah a lot of fishing stories today i enjoy it but we're gonna get back to the hunting so most of you know if you don't know I'd be a little surprised, but I'm, I'm going to say most of you know that dove season is currently underway. Connor's not been much of a dove hunter, but I'm trying to get him in on it. Believe it or not, I have not been dove hunting once in, once in my life. This dude hunts and fishes everything. I mean, if it's got a mouth, he's going to catch it. And if it can walk or fly, he's going to shoot at it. I didn't say he's going to kill it. You know? <laughs> he's working on that. I could shoot up. <laughs> Not people, though. I mean, like, game animals. Let's clarify that right now, since we're on a wide stage. He hunts wild game legally, and he's a heck of a trapper. Dude's been trapping longer than he's been doing anything, and he's really good at it. I trap a lot. I don't blame him. It's a good time. I never got into trapping, but this dove hunting, man, I don't know what it was this year. I got ate up. That September one hit, and I'm like, let's go. I called Jake. I'm like, pack Pack your stuff, buddy. Grab the mojos. Bring a bunch of batteries. Let's get out there. Let's do it. We had a blast. Went to some of our old spots. Did a lot of sitting. 
Went to some new spots. Did a lot of sitting. Did some. We got a couple. Nothing nothing too special. We had a lot of high flyers this year. Seems like every time we had the chance to get out there, the birds were just just sky bombing. Those, uh, that, those bad boys were a football field above our heads, but, hey, they're fun to watch. Overall, it was, it was a great time, um, which we did have a few low ones, and personally, I've been on, uh, I do a lot of dove hunt on private property, which is great. Didn't go this year, but normally we get onto some public ground, and you got to be careful out there, boys. You've got to watch where you're shooting. I wanted to make that point. I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. Dove season's underway. Don't shoot those low birds. I don't care what you're hunting. Don't don't shoot unless you know what's behind it. And those low birds, you get excited. You're shooting low. Next thing you know, Jimmy across the field is going to have pepper, a.k.a. bird shot, just loaded up in him. And we don't need that. Nobody wants that. And I don't want to get peppered either. So let me say it to all of you. Quit shooting those low birds. Just let them fly back up. You know what? If you miss one, so be it. Just like that deer. You know, you go to shoot a deer. Nobody wants to make a bad shot. We make good shots because you want to recover that deer. Treat the dove the same way. You know, if you can't make a good shot, don't take it. Don't don't wound these birds. Let them, let them nest. Let them reproduce. And get ready for the next one. Don't, don't make stupid shots. And don't be crazy out there, which... Um, speaking of that, I will have a link below. If you guys are getting into dove hunting, getting into uh, just getting out there and, and uh, shooting some of those delicious, delicious flying objects, there will be a link below for the best place I have found to buy a Mojo decoy. If you don't have a Mojo, get one. That will be the absolute biggest game changer you ever had when you're shooting those doves. I'm... 125% serious. If you don't have a mojo, get one. Click the link. Buy it. Buy five. I've got... I think i got six of them now. I've really been trying to get some of those ground flickers, but I can't seem to find any this year, so... But it's alright. Dove season to me is really just a kickoff. Gets me going. Gets me excited. About ready to get in the deer woods, which we are... What is today? Oh, man. We're like... Eight, nine days from opening day of bow. Oh, it's getting close. I can't <laughs> wait. Connor's getting excited over there. I can't wait either. That's, that, is my, that is my life, getting out there and hunting. I, I love getting out there with a bow. Don't get me wrong. I love to, I love to take my gun out there, do some, do some gun shooting, reach out there and touch them. But I've never been a long-distance guy. I did have a super long-distance shot one time. I think I was... I don't know, 16. I had a rough season. Didn't have anything. It's like the last weekend of gun season. Three does walk out in the field. I'm out here with a Remington 1120 gauge, rifled Hastings barrel, cantilever scope mount, Nikon Pro Staff scope. That's the bee's knees of a setup. I got uh, Winchester Supreme sabotaged slugs loaded down three does walk out in the field out there's a point it's pretty far out there i mean i knew it was a far shot but three does walk out they're just grazing in the corn it's starting to get dark i mean we're right in that prime time i had to see i mean seriously all season i didn't have a thing no deer and these does start walking in the woods and i just told myself now or never get ready 
I'm I sit down. I was in a two man ladder stand because that's what my dad taught me to hunt in, and I still had that. I had a few stands still left there, which don't knock the two man treat two man ladder stands. I'm all for a lock on or a climber. I got a few summit climbers, but those two man ladder stands are roomy. But I'm sitting in that thing. I get squatted down, you know, get comfortable, get braced up, crank up that scope power, get on that thing's back. I'm like, eh, that's pretty far. I'm all, I'm going to shoot a little high. Probably best. I shoot. I'm not going to lie. I was like at the top of her shoulder. I shoot, and that doe drops, flat drops. So dad texts me, did you get it? I say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's down. She's down out there in the field. He's like, well, hey. Normally, I'll go get the four-wheeler and come get you. He's like, I'm, I'm going to be walking that way. I'm just going to crest the hill. I'll get her spotted. And he said, if you'll, you're closer to the four-wheeler, you go get the four-wheeler. I'll get this thing gutted. And I said, all right, sounds good. So I see him walk the top of the hill, and he calls me. And he says, hey, I thought you said this thing was laying in the field. I said, it is. I can see it. He said, well, I don't see it anywhere. I said, well, you're, you're looking too close. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you see that point out there? point comes out in the field he said yeah i said look past it he looks but looks over he looks back at me and his jaw hits the floor he says on the phone he said son don't ever make a shot like that again <laughs> i said what do you mean he gets that deer and he hits the rangefinder 223 yards with a 20 gauge shotgun with a 20 gauge shotgun <laughs> that's a that is a far shot i've had multiple people tell me that story was a lie i can confirm with my father he's an honest man 223 yards with a 20 gauge yeah i'll never do that again that was a bad you know it worked but you look back on things as you get older and you realize some things aren't necessarily the best choice they smoked it so that was a fun little story i don't even what were we even talking about before that oh shoot well no i was talking you know getting ready for deer season i uh i like to get my guns but I something about using that bow, getting out there to poke them, is it's really in a world of its own. I mean, these things are they're they're insanely intelligent. I don't know if many of you, hopefully many of you listening, have been out there deer hunted and especially bow hunted. You to get one to come in within bow range is a whole different ball game. I when I got into bow hunting, I had no idea. I thought I'll oh, shoot. I can kill some deer. Well, let me tell you, it took quite a bit of time because those things are extremely intelligent. And they can smell for like, I don't know how many miles. They can smell forever. Their eyes are great. Seems like all the miles they can smell from, <laughs> no matter what you go <laughs> I don't. Hey, and speaking of that, I'm a firm believer that you cannot fool deer's nose. I don't care what you've got on. I don't care what scent killer you've got. I don't care about the scent-free shower. Don't get me wrong. I do all of those things because it does help. I do my scent-free shower. I wash my clothes in the scent killer. I spray myself with scent killer gold. I use cover scents, um, you know, scent balls or, uh, oh, I don't know, I found some stuff online last year on Amazon, some, some corn scent spray, and, oh, my gosh, stuff's incredible. I think it works. I think it helps. I don't think you can fool the nose, especially of one of them smart old does. No, not quite. You could jam it a bit, but <laughs> we've all been guilty of that. We've all—I guess I shouldn't say guilty. We've all been a victim of that. I'm sure everybody's been winded. We're gonna—you're gonna get winded. Hunt the wind. Hunt smart. But 
it's definitely a monster challenge to get out there with a bow. Which, Connor, I hear you got a new bow this year. I Give us did some, some of the details. Bow. I ordered that sucker last year, and let me tell you, it came in with everything going on about a month ago. COVID got the bows even. What is it not going to slow down? And let me add to that. Connor was working at the tackle shop where he ordered the bow the whole time. So it wasn't like, I mean, you don't get any special treatment. If you're out there and you're still waiting on your bow, which I hope you're not because it's close. It's very but if close. you're out there still waiting on your bow, just know you're not the only one. Dude worked there and he did not get his bow any quicker than the rest of us. Nope. But thankfully came in just in time for me to get everything on it, get it sighted in, and shoot that sucker. Heck yeah. Are you ready? Are you dialed in? Oh, I'm ready. I'm Are dialed you sure? In. Are you Out one of those guys? Yards. Are you, yeah, right. Are you one of those Dude, guys? Since I got you're a, dialed I got in a three inch group at fifty yards with that's that impressive. sucker. If he's telling the truth that's an impressive. Oh, I could show you. <laughs> he said, bring out the target boys, let's prove it. I'm I've shot way more this year than I did last year. Last year with a newborn, I just did not get out there and practice. I I didn't have time, you know, trying to help around the house, make sure my wife had everything she needed, make sure the baby had everything they needed, working like crazy. I went out there blind pretty much and it was it was a bad idea. I don't ever suggest that. Get out there and practice, guys. I don't know if you'll ever be able to hold a three-inch group at 50 yards like Connor says he can, but, hey, I'm just kidding with you. Yeah, You know, we've all got that buddy, though, that's like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I got her dialed in. And you look out there, and he's got, like, a four-foot group at 20. Like, oh, oh, yeah, we all got those buddies. I want to hunt with that guy because I'm going <laughs> to shoot every deer. That he spooks up and runs out. Oh, my. Which, hey, you know. We're getting into preseason. Um, hopefully, I, I didn't get any food plots out this year. We had a we had a deal. We lost our property for a little while, sold out from under us. We've been hunting there. My dad's been hunting there 25 years, but fortunately, we saved it. We got back in there, and uh, I'm excited, but we didn't get any food plot. We got lucky enough to get our stands hung back up, which we took them all down, checked them all, and which was good. Some of our stands have been out there for a little while, and I'm going to suggest to all of you, please go out there. If you haven't done it yet, go out there now before season starts. Get out there. First and foremost, climb that stand. Make sure the straps are good. It's not. What, it costs you two or three bucks to go out there and throw a new strap on it. I, I don't even care if you replace both of them if it's got two straps. If hey, it's if got you, straps, if you fall out of that stand and break a bone, I promise you'll be more money than what that <laughs> I strap can costs. confirm. My dad, which is a story for a later time, my dad had a strap break on a tree stand many years ago. He fell, um, terrible incident. He was lucky to walk away, let alone, I mean, I should say he was lucky to live, lucky to survive it, let alone walk away from it. And he's about ninety-five percent recovered. And let me tell you, wear your harnesses, guys. It it doesn't it's not that uncomfortable. It takes just a little bit extra time, a little bit extra money. Buy a harness, buy a good one. Do some research, buy a good harness, and get up there and replace those straps. Be safe about it. You got to be safe out there because there's no there's no reason to go out there if you're not going to make it home. You know what? It it's not worth it. There's there's no fun involved. So spend that couple bucks so you don't have to spend a couple hundred thousand on hospital bills if you survive a fall. 
most guys aren't that lucky. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's true. Most guys that fall out of a tree stand are not as lucky as my dad was. So buy the straps, put the straps on, use them. Another thing, really, really important, if you're going to go out there and check stands, carry a can of wasp spray with you. Oh, you have to. That's one thing I cannot stand is wasps and bees. Dude, I have climbed in a tree before and had wasps come out from that day forward. No, no. I go before season. I don't care if it smells. I'll go a month before season, two months before season. Take that wasp spray and use it because if you've got more than one stand, I don't care if you've got two stands. I guarantee you one of them's got wasps in it. Hornets, wasps, something. Definitely, especially your enclosed stands. There's <laughs> yeah. nothing worse than those. Get in the box blind, that thing starts humming. Oh, boy. Nobody wants that. Get out there, get them checked, okay? That's all going to keep you safer on the opening day. So, you know, check check your, if you got a ladder stand, check your ladder, too. Some of those pins could have fell out, could have rusted, whatever. You know, your crossbar that goes to the tree, check it. Make sure it's tight. Trees grow. Make sure your ladder's still on the ground. And if you're still using screw-in steps or ladder sticks or whatever you're using, check them, please. Replace them, check them, replace straps if they're strapped on, if they're screw-in, you know, just make sure they're safe. Well, guys, I mean, it's not worth it to get out there and get hurt. I know I've already said that, but I'm going to say it again. So get out there, check your stands, be safe about it. And I promise you I will have my dad on here. To tell that story, to, I don't know, rack some sense in your guy's brain. Because, you know, nobody thinks it's going to happen to them, but it can. Be safe about it so that you can do it again. Everybody wants to keep hunting, right? I mean, why even go? Which on, next on the agenda when you're out there preseason is cutting trails, which nobody likes doing. Um, if you got a four-wheeler, you got to cut four-wheel paths, you know. you got to be able to get it in now. There are some guys... I'm, pro- I'm sure I'm probably going to hear about that. Oh, if you take a four-wheeler in the woods, no deer. None. No deer. They're gone. Listen, on our property, it's it's a big property. We don't, we're not just driving four-wheelers around in there. We're not being crazy. But we've got a main trail that, especially on the opening day of gun, we got a few guys. We we take the four-wheeler halfway, you know, keep it out there. If we're going to get deer, if we're going to get multiple deer, we're going to have a four-wheeler in there. So... Make sure you got good trails cut and trails to your stands. I've been busted more times by my shirt brushing a little piece of limb on my way in than ever being winded. So cut your trails. You got any good trail cutting stories, Connor? I know Connor has an absolute, like, insane fear of ticks, which don't we all? I want to... I want to ask God one day what ticks are for because I can't figure it out. But you got any good stories for us about trail cutting or tick stories? I do have a good tick story, to be (laughs) honest with you. I was actually out on Levi's hunting property. I was trying to find this one stand he was telling me about. I was going to to do do, do a couple things over to it. And uh, I was walking through the woods... I was trying to find it. You know, he gave me the GPS coordinates. That's a lie. I told him where it was, and then he called Jake to get him the rest of the way there, my brother. And don't call that guy for directions, apparently. Yeah, he's not the best at it. <laughs> Anyways, I thought I was about there. So I stopped, take a break, and uh, looked down, and there was a couple ticks crawling up my leg. 
I got them off. I threw them back in the woods because they're hard to kill. So I just threw them back in. I was like, I wonder if I got any more of them suckers on me. So I lifted up my shirt, and I had about 20 of them wrapped around my body, in my pants, on my neck. Lone star ticks. Every one of them was a lone star tick. Every one of them. I don't know if you guys have heard much about the Lone Star Tick and this alpha gal and all that stuff that goes on. Boys, it is no joke. So here he is, already terrified of ticks. Oh, yeah. I picked those those suckers off me. I was like, enough of this. I'm getting out of here. So I made my way back to the car. It was about, I don't know what you say. I don't know. I it was about there. three quarters of a mile back there. It's a at least. Lo- oh, oh, it is. It is actually almost exactly three quarters of a mile from the road to that stand. I, I, I was just seeing if you well did hidden. though. Oh, I know. So I made my way back to the car, knowing I was going to get more on me. So I got back to the car and I, I stripped my clothes off. Not going <laughs> to lie, right by the road, I was like, I'm getting every tick off of me. So I think I picked around sixty ticks off me that oh, day. Good God. Oh, man, not me. Not a fan. Hey, if you guys don't know the little tip uh, or the little uh, handy-dandy permethrin, permethrin, however you pronounce it, I call it permethrin. If you haven't heard of permethrin, get some, use it. That bad stuff kills the ticks as soon as they touch you. I have not had a single tick on me since I started treating my hunting clothes with permethrin. I wish you would have told me about that sooner. Well, hey, now you know. The more you know. It, I, I don't do ticks. I don't like them. I've had ticks in places, and you do not want ticks. Not a fan. They I don't even know why. They, I don't. I don't know why ticks are a thing. I really don't. I, I can't. I, I can't figure it out. I hate ticks, with a passion. Just like mosquitoes. Oh. they don't need to be here either. Yeah, I. I had somebody tell me you know, one time, like, oh, we need mosquitoes. They're phenomenal pollinators. Well, hey, let's get more bees. I, I, I don't want to pollinating what? The, the next person? They're just out here sucking my blood. I don't want anything to do with mosquitoes or ticks. Anything that's going to suck my blood, flies, you name it, I don't want none. If you're out there trying to cook your deer steak from that following uh, season on the grill, nothing worse than getting ate up by yeah. mosquitoes. Speaking of that, Connor, have uh, you ever used a thermosel? I have used a thermosel, and uh, let me tell you, they rock. I've got two of them. The little, the, the pocket, I got, I'm not going to call them pocket, but the, the, the handheld uh, thermosels you pocket. take hunting with you. Clip on your belt. Yeah, man, those things are awesome. And I do take it hunting, especially early bow. You get out there. No, I, I've been a, just obliterated by mosquitoes trying to kill a deer, and I'm like, "What am I doing?" I know what I'm doing. I'm I'm in love with it. But goodness gracious, it is way better than mosquitoes. You spray. take that. You take that thermosil. Yeah, the spray. That you stuff get that reeks. stuff on you. You touch your face. It gets all in your mouth every time. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Man, the thermosel is where it's at. If you don't have one, get you know what? I'll throw a link down below for that too. Get on there, click that link, get that thermosel. 
Incredible. I actually just got one here for the house, too. One of the porch thermocells. It's a battery-powered instead of using the fuel. How is that? I haven't got one of those I don't yet. know. I haven't used it yet. <laughs> you haven't either. I guarantee you it's awesome. If it's anything like the one I... And mine's old. Mine's like one of the original thermocells, and that thing's a tank. Still works like a charm. I can't complain. If this thing works half as good as that, well, I mean, we're in good shape. I'm going on year two with mine, and still loving it. Incredible. Well, hey... Why don't we take a break? We're about halfway. Let's take a few minute break and uh, refresh, get a drink of water. I don't know about you. I'm going to get some sweet tea. Ooh, I got some sweet tea in the fridge right next to us. I don't know why we have <laughs> don't have it out yet. We'll be right back. And we're back. We had to take a break, get some sweet tea. And Connor's uh, sister, a.k.a. my beautiful, amazing wife. She made some spaghetti for made us. Made some dinner. Can't forget the meatballs in there. Oh, oh, man. Spaghetti and meatballs is one of my it's one of my favorites. It's a I, go-to. Oh, just always a win. I, I feel like, like, well, we don't as much anymore. We used to have a spaghetti night, and <laughs> we would just have spaghetti and meatballs. Actually, what was it, Tuesdays? Tuesdays. Tuesdays. We always had spaghetti and meatballs for dinner. My wife has six siblings, Connor being one of them. So now some of them live out of state, so they don't get to join. But at least the the local siblings, they always showed up for spaghetti night. My wife makes one killer spaghetti and meatballs. That she does. Which, I mean, it sounds funky because it's spaghetti and meatballs, but... There's an art to it. There is a step above. My wife, everything she cooks is, oh, she's keeping me fat. Or as I used to like to say, you know, keeping me prepped for winter. You know, getting me me nice and healthy. I don't have a wife to do that for me, (laughs) but uh, one day that would be nice. Yeah, I don't want to freeze out there this winter. Connor's going to freeze because he's... Yeah, I'm going to freeze out there. (laughs) Because his sister moved out and she's not cooking dinner anymore. <laughs> oh, and some good, some Milo's sweet tea. You're welcome, Milo's, for that little free shout out there. That's some good stuff. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love some good sweet tea. Cheap and delicious. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, now we got our bellies full. I think we're going to roll right into some another story. So, I tell you what, Connor... You're, you're, you're how old now? 16. 16 years old. How many years ago did you kill your first deer? Let's see. It been five years ago. Five years ago. I was 11 ago. years old. 11. Another young one getting going. That's where it all starts out there. My daughter is four. My son is one and almost one and a half. I'm so excited to get them out there. <clears throat> my goal is to, I want my daughter to kill a deer by like six. My I was nine. I think we can get her ready. Between the two of us and my dad, and my, yeah, I think we can get it ready. Oh, Actually, sure. I was filming, uh, well, I was recording the podcast, uh, last week's podcast, and it was early in the morning, you know. I went in the house. I was getting ready for work. So I go in the house. I set the computer down, and I look over, and my daughter at 7.30 in the morning is sitting there watching hunting shows on the TV. She's addicted. She comes in all the time. She says, hey, Dad. Let's get let's get let's go in the living room and watch hunting shows. You want to watch hunting shows with me? Absolutely. Got to get them started young. Oh yeah, she's hooked already. She tells me all the time. I will be. She comes out the barn, sees my mouse. She says, "Hey, Dad, that's a nice buck." I said, "Hey, thanks, kiddo." You know, make my head bigger than it already is. I do have a big head, 
But anyways, without further ado, Connor, won't you tell us about that first deer? Oh, my first deer. See, it was 2000... When would that have been? I don't know. Do the math. It's 2021 now. I was homeschooled, by the way, so I'm not the best at <laughs> like all that. 20. Um, Let's see. I'll just get into it. I was 11 years old. 2016. Right. It's December, and um, I was just getting into it. And I went to Wisconsin for a hunting trip. Which is where most of their family lives. Which is where most of my family lives. And I went with what is now... A different brother-in-law of mine. This is Kyle. This is Kyle. Oh, Kyle. You might get to meet Kyle on here. I plan on having... It's a, quite a big family, but um, Kyle, Christopher, they're all... They're good at what they do. So they'll be on here eventually, but you'll you'll hear that name eventually again. Probably live, but... So anyway, sorry to interrupt. So Kyle took you out. And- so it was the first day we went out is when I shot this deer. And... We went out early in the morning. It was, it was about zero degrees out, if I believe right. Jeez, that's, it that's has, cold. It hadn't snowed yet. We were sitting there in the stand for not too long. It starts snowing on us, all right? I love it. So, Which is it's kind of rough sometimes when you're in the woods and it starts snowing, oh, but, yeah. man, is it something to see. My favorite. It started picking up and picking up by about the five hour mark we were out there probably snowed close to a foot holy moly and it was still just dumping snow on us so we're like we gotta get back to the house this point we're freezing getting colder out so we head back to the truck well we had came with my brother-in-law's brother he had got cold before us and he took the truck about a mile away from the house (laughs) and we're in this blizzard so we had to walk back to the house in this blizzard on the side of the road about a mile back. What a brother, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we got warmed up. We went back out in a different location on the edge of a cornfield. We were sitting there probably about two hours. I started falling asleep over there in the blind, getting all cozy. Classic. Which, you know, we all do it from time to time. Yeah, that... that uh Especially in the blind, that nap there is a power oh, hit yeah. right there. Oh, hard I to I was drifting off. He starts he starts tapping me on the shoulder. Connor. He starts tapping me on the shoulder. I wake up. There's this big doe. About 100 yards out. I had a 30-out-6 on me. Game time. Game time. Pretty big bullet. I got all set up. I got ready. And I took the shot. We waited. Waited. And we finally made our way over there and... I made an awful shot on this deer, let me tell you. <laughs> Where I wanted to shoot, I was uh, about a foot behind. Oh, I boy. shot it straight in the stomach. Oh, that makes for a fun gut job, oh, am I right? yeah. Poor Kyle just took this guy on his first hunting trip, and now he's got a, got a field dress, a gut shot deer. Let Dang. me tell you, this thing ran... About 300 yards in the woods. Oh, boy. Zigzagged every which way it could. Thankfully, we just got all of that snow. So that helped us out a lot. And we eventually found this deer. We got it all dressed up. and Got it back on the four-wheeler. Thankfully, we had out there because it was a big doe. 
let me tell you, I've seen this dough. This thing is a monstrosity of a dough. It is an absolute behemoth. I don't know what those deer eat in Wisconsin. <laughs> they sure do grow bigger than the ones here in Indiana. And we've got some good deer here. We've got good bucks. We've got good does. You guys have seen them. I don't care where you're from. Indiana has finally made it on the map for the, you know, getting up there some quality whitetails. But this dough, monstrosity. We got a field dressed <clears throat> and we went to the local check-in station. Tell us what it weighed. Tell us what it they weighed. They had a big old scale up there. We cranked her up on the scale, and it was 175 pounds field dressed <laughs> on a Wisconsin whitetail. <laughs> that, that's a story. That, that's a first year. I don't care if it has antlers or not, which I told you before. I'm a meat hunter. I'm all down for a good doe, but that is absolute. That is a trophy doe. If that can even be said, that is a trophy doe. Have you ever killed a doe that size since then? I have not. Not that size. <laughs> I definitely have not come close. I've seen, once in my life, I've seen like a 160. And that was huge. That's, that's I mean, up there for Its head still. looked like it was, from, it was on a cow. And then not just a calf. I mean, this thing looked like a full-grown cow. I can't even imagine. Oh, it was massive. There's little old me. Getting my picture taken behind this doe, and you hardly see my head. Connor, Connor's still small. What? How tall are you, Connor? I'm five eight. Five eight. So back yep. then he was probably like four eight. Yep. Prepubescent. I think right around there. You guessed that. <laughs> he was little bitty guy, grinning ear to ear with an absolute giant of a doe. You can't beat that. Can't. That's a tough one to beat. Not to mention his first year ever was an out of state. That's a, that's a good story. How many times have you told that? A couple dozen. <laughs> a couple, a couple dozen. dozen. I've only killed. I'm, I'm proud of that story. I've only told my first kill story like four thousand five hundred ninety nine times since then. But that was also uh, seventeen years ago. Was my first one. So oh, yeah. I got a few extra years. But I'm just getting started. You gonna go back? Are you gonna be back at the Wisconsin for another one? I'd hope to. Unfortunately, that piece of property that we hunted got sold yeah which is a shame that's a heartbreaker i feel that i understand it happens it and it sucks losing good property i don't care good. i don't care if it's terrible hunting property it's not something we any of us like to like to feel not a good thing to go through but hey it is what it is and that's part of the sport um i don't i i do hunt some public land i'm not huge into public land hunting um, that's one thing you can kind of save yourself, which public land goes away sometimes too. <clears throat> but especially uh, hunting that private land, if you don't own it, chances are you're going to lose it sometime. That is painful. So That it is. So, Connor, what do you do for a living? Well, right now I'm kind of lost in the sea with working. I'm kind of doing my own thing. I do a little bit of anything you can think of, really, outdoors. Well-rounded guy. I mean, honestly, the dude, if it has a motor, he can make a run, and uh, he sure does enjoy it. In fact, uh, I got a little got a little powder coating shop I've started up, and uh, we're in the middle of doing a whole bunch of parts for his truck tonight, so that thing's going to look shiny, which, while we're at it, you want to throw out your Instagram out there so My people can follow you? My Instagram is dippin underscore diesel, so dip and underscore diesel 
Give him a follow. That's a that's a little shout out for Connor. I'd appreciate it. He's worth it. the follow. He's a fun guy. He's got a nice truck. You, you he's can building. see all my projects on there. All my all my animal kills. Oh, I post yeah. everything on there. Worth a follow. Check him out. Also, um, I guess while we're at it, we'll plug it. Hunting game podcast on Instagram. Give us a give us a like and a follow too. We're gonna try to keep updates on there. Let us know a little bit about who we are. It's worth giving us a follow, and we'll follow back too. We'll try to follow back anybody we can, but just a little way to connect with our audience. You know, good way to contact us too. We do have an email, huntinggamepodcast at gmail If you have any uh, questions, comments. If you want us to talk about something, get on that email, shoot us an email. That is huntinggamepodcast at gmail.com. Criticisms too. If you got you wanna just you know, if you want to chat, you wanna you want some problems talked about, you've got some things in life you wanna dis- want us to discuss, you want some advice, send it in. We'll cover it. Connor's probably gonna be on here quite a few times, so well, I'm sure we'll cover that too. But Continue. You like? I mean, you like working outside. You spend a lot of time outside. Oh, I spend all the time I can outside. I mean, he he was living the dream. He worked at a tackle shop. When I he, did work at a tackle shop. He was a boat mechanic and all. Going on being, two years. Being on a being homeschooled does have its perks for sure. In fact, I I I haven't found any downsides to being homeschooled yet. To be honest, I wish I had the opportunity, but I went to school. But hey, dude, being homeschooled. He's got the time, and he's had some fun, and that's for sure. And he's smart. He jokes about it all the time, not being able to count or spell and stuff, but he's a smart kid. I'm not the best in the world at it. Well, hey, at least you can turn a wrench, right? Oh, yeah. Education is importanter than that. Especially (laughs) hands-on. Get out there and get to work, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you worked at a a tackle shop, and uh, I guess that, I mean... That tells me how much you love what you do. Why do you do it, Connor? Why do you hunt? Why do you fish? What's that one thing about it that keeps you going? Like, what really motivates you to get out there? I mean, we all, we're all a little bit crazy sitting in a tree stand when it's, like you said in your that story, zero, zero degrees, snow falling, foot of snow in a couple hours. We're all a little crazy, but we love it. And, you know, I want to dive a little deeper into why we love it. So, Connor, like, what is there one particular thing that just really gets you going? Oh, I wake up in the morning, and that adrenaline rush, and you never know what you're going to see out there in the woods. I've seen some crazy stuff, stuff that you don't see every day. That's <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, I, I just like existing out there. It's, like, so peaceful. Nothing knows... Nothing knows you're there. That's that's something to, to really go out there and enjoy God's great earth that intensely and truly see what He built, not what we built, not what the people and and humankind have built, but go out there and enjoy what God built. What God built for us is incredible. I can, I can't even explain that. I know that's what keeps me going, and uh, you know take take the game that He put out there for us to take. Bring home the meat, provide for our family. That's just, that's really what keeps me going and motivated to, I want my kids to enjoy it too. I mean, I guess it's along those same lines. I just love being out there. I can't get enough of it. Hunting, fishing, camping. I say that a lot, but 
get into sport shooting on another episode too. That's that is a good time. You want to talk about stress reliever? If you don't have any guns or you don't go out and shoot, go find your local gun range. Go in there. Tell them you don't know what you're doing, or if you do know what you're doing, so be it. Go out there and do some shooting. It will help. It'll you know calm you down. I think it's a great stress reliever. Helps me get my stress out. Yeah. I actually went out on the back porch this morning. (laughs) Just pop some rounds off. You know, that's what it's about. Here's how many 16-year-old kids do you know that aren't out just being crazy, partying, all this. Connor's working and just likes to shoot guns and keep himself, you know, relaxed and go out there in the woods and do some hunting. I keep, keep looking up and I see the picture of my biggest deer right there in front of me. Man, that was a hunt. We'll tell that story later, too. That one right there, I'm about took me out. That thing is a, that thing is a giant monster. buck of a lifetime. <clears throat> I just like looking at it. It's right there on my desk. I got a picture of me and my son, a picture of me and my buck. That's manly. <laughs> manly as it gets. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I do not have a picture of a massive buck yet, and I'm hoping... This year's going to be the year for that. He said, this is the year, boys. I'm going at it hard. Got any trail cams out? I do not have any Oh, out. boy. I actually left one of my trail cams up last year. I said, I'm going I'm to leave it up all year. It's a spy point, which some people don't like them. I am a big fan of the spy point. They're I, very I nice. I really had good luck with it. And uh, I left it up all year. That sucker lasted all year on battery life. It was doing great. Until about... Three weeks ago, I had a rogue cornstalk pop up in front of my camera and max out my picture limit and completely drain the battery on my trail camera. That is a shame. To zero. And I don't want to go in there right now and swap batteries. Like, I am I'm feel like I'm close, and i got to walk through the field to do yeah. it and around the corn. And We're a little close to get out there. Ah, just... I'm going to wait till the first weekend. When I go hunt that stand, I guess it'll just surprise me. I did have some. I had a nice buck on that camera, I guess, about three weeks ago before the corn stalk took over. So I'm excited to get out there. I'll swap those batteries that first day I'm out there. Unlike Levi, I'm a little bit opposite with hunting land. I am not a huge private land hunter. 95% of the property I hunt is all public ground. Hey, I got respect for it. Our our property's surrounded by uh, Hoosier National Forest, and I I mean I do some public land hunting, but normally it's just off our property, just a little ways. But mad respect for the public land hunters. Uh, at least you know. Okay, there are some crazy public land hunters out there, and I don't mean good crazy. There are some people oh, out yeah, on you public run land to them too that are just nut jobs. I guess you'd call them. You want to stay away from those guys, but there is some excellent hunting out there on public land. Props to Indiana and other states of of having just phenomenal public land, well-managed, well-taken care of. There's good land out there. So if you're making the excuse that you can't get out there and hunt and fish, and especially hunt, you can. There's you don't have to own property. You don't have to rent property. You don't have to spend ten grand on a lease to hunt some special lease property. Plain and simple, you don't. There's public land out there. Find a buddy that likes to hunt. Find a buddy that knows how to hunt. Get them to take you. Say hey, I you know I found some. I scouted out some public ground down the road, or you know it might be an hour away. I spotted. I scouted out some public land. 
you know, can you show me the ropes? I'm sure they're, they would be more than willing to show you the ropes. And if not, get, shoot us an email. Follow us on here. We're going to have a lot of teaching on here. Um, we're going to cover a lot of good stuff. Next week we're going to get into some more nitty-gritty um, you know, tactics, skills we've learned, skills we have, things we do, why we do it. And, and you're going to learn a lot. So if you're just, if you want to get into hunting, follow along because if one of your buddies won't teach you, which if your buddy won't teach you how to hunt, they're not a very good hunter because we want everybody out there. Am I right? I mean, oh, yeah. if you had a buddy come up to you and say, hey, Connor, man, I really want to learn how to hunt, I don't, but I just don't have anybody to show me. And I don't know what I'm doing. What are you going to do? I'd take them in a heartbeat. Yeah, right? And it's a good time. Get out there. You know, some time with the boys. Get out there and enjoy it. With that, we're about out of time. We made it. Connor was a l I'm not gonna lie, Connor was a little nervous about this podcast. Oh, I was. I told First him I said to Connor, here. you're here, we're doing it. You're on the podcast. He said, Um yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I'm like, Well, you've been on the guest list, whatever you know, I already told you you're gonna be on. He's like, Yeah, I'm I'm not prepared. Nah, there's no preparation for this one, boys. This is all us. This is balls to the walls. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say just go for going for it, you know? Get out there, get on the mic, and let it rip. And, hey, I had a blast. That was a great time. Thanks for having me. Hey, you'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> He's not going to be nervous next time. It's going to be all in. Stick around. Stay tuned. We're going to have one once a week. Fridays, uh, Friday mornings is the goal, Friday midday. Make sure you tune in. If you haven't, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Buzzsprout. I shared on Facebook. We should have our, our links on our Instagram. Like, subscribe, leave some comments, leave a review, give us five stars, and don't forget to hit that bell because that's going to tell you when those new episodes drop. It's going to take you right to it. So, for sure, check us out. Like I said, send us, e- send us an email. Get with us. You got anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you click that link. Make sure you listen to this one. We had an incredible turnout on the first episode. Bl- mind-blowing results on the amount of downloads and views on the first episode. So thank you, everyone on here. Thank you so much for that. That means more than you'll ever know. I'm super excited, as I said before. Make sure you tune in next week. We're going to have awesome, awesome content. Jake should be on next week. Connor might be back. Maybe I convince him to get back on here. He might be. So I might. <laughs> if we can do that, we'll be at it. So without further ado, this week's Bioverse. This week we're going to go to Psalms. And I thought this kind of went along with, you know, um, getting out there, getting in the woods and getting things ready for the year, um, really enjoying God's works. And, and uh, this one kind of spoke to me. So Psalm 19.1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. That's that's deep right there. Get out there. Live it right in the lo- heart. Right, right. Get out there, live it, love it, enjoy it. Pass it on. Take care of the take care of the land out there. Um, you know, be a conservationist. Um, take what God has given us and run with it. Protect it. Re- you know, refurbish it. Pass it on to the next generation. With that being said, thanks everybody for being here. 
so glad you came back to listen to another one. And if you didn't, well, you won't hear this anyway. So pass it on to your friends. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Hit that bell. Don't miss another episode. We'll see you next Friday. With that, Connor, thank you. No problem, Levi. We're out. Have a good night. You guys have a good time. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Hunting Game Podcast. We hope to see you back next week for another exciting episode. In the meantime, get out there. Enjoy the great outdoors. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another show. God bless you all. Have a great week. We're out.